Hello, welcome to another edition of Take 15. My name is Larry Cao. I'm a content director at CFA Institute. Today, we're live at the 71st CFA Institute annual conference. I have David Pope with me. David is a managing director of Quantumental Research at S&P Global Market Intelligence. Today, we'll be discussing the, how uh, natural language processing is being used in uh, investment analysis. Welcome, David. Thank you, Larry. Glad to be here. Great. So uh, I, I know you guys have done some very interesting work in, in using natural language processing in, in earnings, sentiment analysis, etc. So, so maybe uh, to start us off, uh, help us understand what is natural language processing? Yeah, natural language processing simply means computers reading and making sense out of unstructured data, specifically uh, text. Uh, so uh, essentially what we're trying to do is, is extract meaning from, from text or, or dialogue that people normally engage in and extract signal from that information. Very interesting. So there's a lot of talk about uh, you know, AI and robots, etc., getting into a lot of lines of work that, that we do and including investments. True. So how, how is AI and robots, et cetera, related to natural language processing? Yeah, AI is essentially a, a broad descriptor of uh, uh, essentially computers acting like humans and, and reproducing the human um, intelligence. And a subset of that uh, would be natural language processing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's true, it is making inroads into many different uh, professions, uh, not least of which is investments. So, so let's talk a bit more about how exactly uh, this works, right? Because the natural language processing, uh, as you mentioned, <coughs> is a discipline that has been around for quite some time. Yeah. So why is it now making a, a sort of a, now a big bang, it seems, like in, in the investment world? Yeah, I think it's a confluence of events. So we have uh, processing that used to be very expensive. Uh, the price of that has come down dramatically. Uh, the proliferation of data, data is being created uh, very rapidly. Uh, I heard a statistic the other day that in the last 48 hours, in other words, since this conference began, the world has created more data than existed since the beginning of time through 2003. Um, and that combined with uh, another phenomenon, which is um, data tagging. Mm -hmm. And this is a, an often um, misunderstood uh, or, or often overlooked aspect of data which essentially looks at um, identifying various aspects of this unstructured data. So an example of that would be in an earnings call transcript tagging who the speaker is. And once you have that metadata tagging, it allows you then to combine that unstructured data with other structured data sets, for instance, maybe an earnings estimate data set or a people data set or, or anything else. Right, right. So, uh, as we discussed, one of the applications of uh, natural language processing is uh, that you guys have, uh, you know, tried to apply it in is earning sentiment analysis, uh, and in some of the work you guys have done are related to uh, to language complexity. Sure. Uh, tell our audience a bit about how this language complexity may affect earning sentiment. Sure. Uh, so. Language complexity is very interesting because it's uh, essentially rooted in human behavior. Mm -hmm. and, and Larry, if I were to ask you a question that you were very uncomfortable answering, you would probably give me a long, drawn-out, convoluted answer because that's the way most people behave. Right. On the other hand, if I asked you a question that you were very comfortable answering, it would probably be very concise. Mm -hmm. One of the signals that we've analyzed that actually holds up very well on a back test is we simply measure the number of numbers 
compared to the number of characters in an earnings call. Mm -hmm. So the idea there is simply that uh, if there's uh, fewer characters relative to numbers, the numbers must be good because good numbers stand on their own and bad numbers deserve an explanation, mm -hmm. usually a very complex, convoluted explanation. Right. I wonder if we have ever tried that on politicians, see that, whether that has an impact on anything. Uh, that, that sounds fascinating. Well, what are some of the other approaches have you guys taken in, in using a natural language process? Uh, yeah. language process? Really, there are infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. So we've looked at uh, the Cohen and Liu idea of uh, um, casting. So this is the notion that uh, management will call on uh, analysts that may have a favorable outlook on the company. Mm -hmm. um, in so doing, uh, trying to conceal bad news. Uh, we'll look at uh, the sentiment of uh, uh, the prepared remarks versus the, uh, the Q&A. Right. Uh, we'll look at whether any buy-side analysts have been called on, right. uh, and even more recently, YouTubers. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's really many, many different ways you can slice a, an earnings call uh, beyond just sentiment itself. Fascinating. Uh, as your title indicates, you do quantum mental research. And I think uh, one of the schools of uh, research around earnings is earnings uh, revisions, earnings momentum, etc. Yeah. So I think analysts have always been paying attention to see how True. these earnings, etc., have been uh, uh, trending. So is, is this uh, earnings sentiment analysis using natural language processing, is, is that just something, uh, an additional signal that feed into that research? Uh, we think so. We, so we look at, uh, we would love to see a, an earnings call that had very positive sentiment mm -hmm. that received sort of a double confirmation with analysts right. raising their estimates. Mm -hmm. Another way to, to analyze that would be to look at whether the sentiment in the prepared remarks are similar to the uh, Q&A. Right. In other words, are the analysts buying the positive story that mm -hmm. management is telling? Yeah, well, very interesting. So um, <clears throat> maybe you can tell us a little bit about the profile of your clients, You know who these people typically are, what type of firms, and how do they typically use these signals? Yeah, uh, great question. So the, uh, the audience base is growing rapidly. They tend to be uh, buy-side uh, uh, clients, a lot of hedge funds. Uh, many of them are taking the data directly mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, performing their own natural language analytics on top of I it. See. Uh, a number of clients have asked us to produce our own scores and mm -hmm. sentiment analysis and then just provide them with, with the output. And that's something that we're working on currently. Right, that's interesting. So is this, uh, has this been done uh, only in the U.S. market, or has this been done more on a global basis? Yeah, so the U.S. market primarily, uh, more specifically English-speaking mm -hmm. earnings calls, mm -hmm. uh, each language has its own nuance, right. and so uh, we will eventually see, I think, mm -hmm. natural language processing applied to all languages. Right. Uh, other patterns that you're start, you, you can start to, to see that are emerging? You know, for example, what type of companies they may work better, what type of industries, what type of regions, or, or any patterns like that? Uh, not so much. I think you do need to be careful of comparing companies within the same industry, mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to things like language complexity. Right. So one, <coughs> one definition of language complexity is the number of polysyllabic words. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a number of, uh, like telecommunications is a, a very long polysyllabic word, but 
easily understood. Right. And so it's not a complex word necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to compare telecommunication companies to similar types of companies. Interesting, interesting. This all actually uh, supports your, your argument to, to build a, a, a indicator of some sort. That's right. Uh, of your proprietary uh, you know, indicator. That's because right. uh, that will be something that can actually in incorporate all these different things, I think. Uh, it would be interesting to see, uh, are there interesting cases that, that you, can, uh, you can highlight maybe? Where has it worked and where has it not and maybe why? Uh, <coughs> so we've, we've, there's certainly many interesting cases. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most re recent cases is uh, where Elon Musk just went completely off script, mm -hmm. That's right. uh, uh, moved away from calling on uh, a cell side analysts and, mm -hmm. and went to analysts we'd never heard of. Uh, supposedly YouTubers, right. and uh, that typically scores very negatively. Mm. So that's a, that's a very, and that's the market reacted that yep. way as well. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, Larry, this is an area that, that has just started to emerge in mm. earnings calls. We have right. uh, very few observations, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll have to watch for more of this type of behavior to, right. to draw any uh, inferences. So you need more observations. What are some of the type of data you would need more? Is that more just conference calls? Do you yeah. typically compare them uh, for the same company across time, or do you compare the you know the company in the similar industry? How do you do these comparisons? Yeah, both, both cross-sectionally and through time. Mm -hmm. uh, so we look at uh, whether the sentiment uh, of a call this quarter is similar to last quarter or right. uh, one year ago quarter, mm -hmm. or uh, similarly whether the uh, company is uh, positive relative their, to their competitors or their right. industry peers mm -hmm. this quarter. Right. So the earnings revision or earning momentum school of research, I think they apply it to sort of generally across industry, across company, et cetera. That's right. And it, it kind of seems to work fairly consistently. Yes. Uh, is, is this uh, sentiment analysis uh, nat using natural language processing, is that something similar? Or, or is this something more of a case by case, you, you more identify red flag than some companies, but maybe it's not something that you use or across the board? No, I think you want to use it across the board. Mm -hmm. I think it's a complement to traditional earnings okay. revision. So uh, we're also looking at, we'll be putting out a paper shortly on combining the two signals. Mm -hmm. uh, so we see it as a complementary signal that can be applied broadly <coughs> across uh, all companies. How consistent are these signals? Are, are your signals typically support what the earnings revision, earnings momentum signals? Or do, do they come in sort of inconsistently sometimes? And if they do come in inconsistently, <coughs> Which uh, one tends to be more? It's both, but what we're looking for is consistency. Okay. So either uh, positive sentiment confirmed by uh, analysts raising their mm -hmm. estimates or the reverse, negative sentiment confirmed by analysts reducing their estimates. I see. That's where the real signal comes. When you have mixed signals, you'll probably have uh, mixed results. Right, I see. So confidence, you know, sort of consistent exactly. numbers give you more confidence. Correct. And less so otherwise. That's right. Wonderful. Uh, we're running out of time. We'd love to uh, spend more time, but uh, I think uh, our audience will uh, have the, the opportunity to actually uh, either join us uh, uh, in this uh, uh, <laughs> in the session downstairs yep. uh, with you uh, later this afternoon. Look so we'd love to, to hear uh, more from you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.